This is the Nook Podcast, and I'm Stephen Murphy. As we continue to look at real faith in real time, I'm really glad that you're listening today because you get to meet my friend Stephanie Smith. Now, if you happen to live in or around Charlotte, North Carolina, you might remember her as Stephanie Tinoco during her time as a reporter for WSOC-TV. Stephanie surprised viewers back in 2019 when she announced that not only was she leaving WSOC, she was stepping away from news altogether. Since then, she's gotten married, had a beautiful baby girl just last year, and is still waiting to see what's next. Working in television can be a very challenging career choice. Long hours, big deadlines, and a pace that never lets up. In this interview, you'll get some insights into what that world is like and how Stephanie viewed it as so much more than just a job. It was a calling. So settle in for a great conversation with Stephanie Smith. The first place that I feel compelled to go, what compelled a young Stephanie Tanoko to go into news in the first place? When I started, I wanted to be like an entertainment reporter just because of my personality. I think I'm hilarious. Most people probably don't, but I think I'm pretty funny. Well, you, know? you just made me laugh. So I think that's a that's a vote in that favor right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm, I have a very light spirit. I've always been really lighthearted and um, a lot of energy. And so for news, I thought that was too serious, too deep. And that was kind of like, I was like, well, entertainment sounds like really fun and like positive. So I wanted to do that. Um, that's how it started. But then as I became to know Christ and I gave my life to the Lord back in college in 2013, my perspective just shifted. And as I started reading his word and he started revealing himself to me and how he had this purpose of me belonging in this industry industry since I was little, I began seeing there was a greater purpose behind my job or my future okay. career. And that's when things started shifting. Ah, cool. Okay. So that you, you already felt kind of a shift in the direction of where to go with it before you even graduated, right? Oh, yeah. Like everything changed like 100%. Like, but you weren't any less like, you weren't any less deterred to go into it though, right? Um, I was. I was actually considering going into ministry at one point and like leaving my journalism, my broadcasting degree, I guess you could say, like graduating with it, but going into ministry full time. At the time, the church I was attending in college where I gave my life to the Lord really, um, I was like, whoa, like I want to help people, you know, in the church, like that's where God needs me. And I think a lot of I mean, I can only speak for myself, but at the time as a new Christian, I thought I can only make a difference in the church. Right. But as I prayed and as I was seeking God's face, God was like, no, like this is your ministry. Like this, the world, where you go, I go with you and with you, that's where changes are going to be made. And honestly, some of the testimonies I have and stories I have with people behind the scenes, the stuff that you don't see on TV, on TV, were so incredible that I, I always look back and say, God, like, that was you. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> so what was your first gig out of college then? So technically, my first gig was in college. I worked part-time. I was the only actual reporter that was a student at the same time at WCJB in Gainesville, Florida. That's called TV20 News. Um, they're an ABC affiliate, and I worked on the weekends as a reporter, but an MMJ. Um, so that was my first job during college, and that was um, just for a few months. 
And then when I graduated, thankfully, I already had a job lined up um, in Fort Myers, Florida at the Fox affiliate. Um, and I was also an MMJ. So I did all my work. And that was kind of like my first job post school. Okay. Well, I just want to ex- explain to my listeners who haven't come from the news background, MMJ is a multimedia journalist. And it has been a big shift in the news world for good golly, at least 10 years. I mean, I remember way back in the day when uh, an on-site news report would have a producer, a live truck driver, a camera guy, and a reporter. So you've got a squad. And now these poor kids coming out of college have to do it all. (laughs) Yes. So you really have to know your stuff. At least if you work in a small market, because when I worked and lived in Charlotte, it was a top 20 station in the country. Like it's ranked by... Every station is ranked by the city. Right. So like every city's ranked, right? So once I got to Charlotte, you know, I always worked with a photographer. I never drove my own car. I never edited my own videos. But I had to learn all that before. So it is really hard. You better be good at multitasking, that's for sure. Right. So how did you get that gig in Charlotte? How, what, what kind of experience did you have to have to get a job in a market that size? Honestly, it was by the grace of God, but um, working in a smaller market, well, Fort Myers is pretty big. Like it was a really big deal back when I graduated uh, college to get a job in Fort Myers, Florida, because it's considered a mid-sized market. So that was a big deal. And um, thankfully, the station I worked at wasn't like the leading number one station. So there weren't a bunch of veteran reporters. So I really got my hands on a lot Mm. of the big stories, which was great. And I really felt like God was encouraging me like, yeah, go, go for it, you know. And so I applied to this number one station (laughs) where I was like the youngest reporter, you know, least experienced, you know, most green reporter there once I got got there. But, um, you know, they called me back and thankfully, thankfully I got the job. So. So what was that transition like, too? I mean, that's that's kind of a, a quantum leap as opposed to, you know, more succinct stair steps, you get launched into a big market like that with the number one station. What was that like for you? Um, Well, honestly, like God totally prepared me for it. Um, A lot of people, so many people would come up to me like randomly and like say, Hey Steph, you know, like God put this on my heart for you. I really feel like there's a big leap. Like that was, those Mm. were the words that were used They're You know, they're like, I see you and like, you're just jumping off this board and you're just going to go into new heights. And like, there were just so many words of encouragement I received specifically about a leap, a change. And I was like, okay, well, what does that look like? And at the time I was single, so I'm like, is it my husband, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it was really about my career. And God was showing me that through my quiet time and then affirming that through other people, some people that didn't know me well and other people that did know me well. Um, so that spiritually, I feel like God kind of like spoke that to me and was able to get me ready. Um, but honestly, in that industry, in news, there's really nothing to really prepare you for that transition because it's a whole new ballgame. Oh, yeah. Like everything is absolutely different. Like everything you thought you knew, you have to really learn because it's a new place, new people, new style, everything that. Well, I'm sure the, the pace must have been quite a, a jump for you as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They start slow. They start you slow and then they throw you into, you know, (laughs) the wild. But um, I was the nighttime beat reporter. So I covered a lot of crime, a lot, a lot of craziness. Yeah. Um, So nothing really prepares you for that. And honestly, like along the way, you just mess up. You you make huge mistakes and hope that you don't lose your job over them. (laughs) Um, Well, at least to me, they seem like huge mistakes, you know, because you're you're your critic. But then you just kind of that's what gets you prepared for the big market. You just 
make mistakes, ask people, observe those around you while staying focused in your lane. You were brand new in a big market, big station, and yet here's this young kid who not only is is still learning the ropes, but has such a strong faith. Was that well received? Honestly, yeah, it was. Um, In the beginning, it's funny because when I worked at my first post-college job here in Southwest Florida, one of the reporters used to call me preacher stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I, something I had to learn was when to speak and when to pray. I remember one photographer, very nice guy. um, He suffered with a lot of anxiety and I would pray for him, you know, and, and one day I was like, Hey, you know, can I just pray with you? And he's like, yeah, (laughs) because he's not one of those guys that, you know, knows. And I kind of shared the gospel with him and like, not in a preachy way, but it took months, I think almost a year and a half to get to that point. But God at that moment was like, yes, you know, and so he received that really well. And, And even with other people at my job or people that at stories, you know, sometimes it was like spur of the moment. Like, I remember there was this crazy story. Um, there was a huge car chase down in Charlotte and Charlotte is a really big city kind of. Um, and this mom was distraught because her 16 year old son was the one behind the wheel doing this craziness, had rap sheet longer than you can think of. Mm. And I really felt like God was like, Stephanie, pray with her. And I said, I know this is not part of my job, but I really feel like God is telling me to pray with you. Can I pray with you? This woman starts weeping and, and just, Literally, I got to, I mean, I, it's not, I don't go and hug everybody, you know, I see, but I really felt like the Lord was like, this is what you need to do. And that was well received because I followed his promptings. Right. So, so, um, I did get opposition though, because sometimes, you know, people look at you and, and you're joyful and, and your joy is really found in the Lord, but sometimes people can say, you know, oh yeah, you're just saying that because you're a Christian or you're just saying too blessed to be stressed because that's a thing to say. You know, I, tr- I I really tried to always be authentic with my friends and the people that were around me to say, like, look, being a follower of Jesus Christ is not fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, it can be. Yes. But it's really hard. It's really challenging. And but it's so worth it. Oh, yeah. And I wanted them to know, like, yes, you have to count the cost, but it's so worth it. Well, and you I, I you're pinging me like crazy here because I think I've shared with you the tagline for this podcast is real faith in real time. And real faith is messy. And you just you just proved the real time thing that if it took you months of building a relationship with a photog to where he could finally receive that, then it's completely worth it, whatever the time frame is. And I'm also thinking about what an amazing opportunity that is for you to be in those situations that I think might freak some people out and then having to stick a microphone in the face of a woman who, whose son is in big trouble that you can't go about that haphazardly. And I love that you had those opportunities to share Christ. Uh, that's way off the map. And I'm sure you shocked some people when, when that was your approach. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because especially now, you know, um, the media gets a bad name and it's unfortunate because I have met some incredible individuals who not only love Jesus and are in that industry, but also truly, even if they don't know the Lord, have a heart for people and have Mm. heart for justice. And they are, there are some people I have met in the industry who are complete jerks. And I'm like, you're the reason why, you know, (laughs) you're the, you're the people that give us a bad name. But, um, essentially like, 
at the end of the day, I always had to remember, like, you know, I'm not the enemy. Like, <laughs> the enemy has a name, and it's not me or my profession. And I also could, I just didn't have to take it to heart. And I remember seeking God about this because it would honestly upset me so much in the beginning. Beginning, I was like, God, like, last time I checked, I'm checked, I'm not Satan. Like, what is wrong? You know, <laughs> I'm like, why are people attacking my profession? Like, this is what you've called me to do. Like, you know, I'm like, you're the one who told me to go into this, you know? <laughs> and so um, I really felt like the Lord was like, yeah, well, you know, there's power in media. And if people knew, if they didn't know what was going on in the world, they would not know how to pray. Right. And I, and that I've always carried with me because I said, you know what, God, like, you're right. And so even in the hard moments when people would kind of push back, I mean, I've been called horrible names without people knowing me or my character. Yep. And, um, I was just like, okay, that's okay. Because anytime I would interview someone, I would look at them and say, that is a child of God. That could have been my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. And I would always say, I would always align myself with the truth. I would never use hyperboles. I would never try to make it more than it seemed. If people were terrified, I would say that. Yes, these people are terrified. Right. But if they weren't, I was not going to say that, Yeah. you know? And the problem is I've seen it happen multiple times where that that discretion isn't used by everyone. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the opportunities God had given, given me um, in that profession were incredible. And I said, you know, Lord, whatever way you want me to lead or go, like, just show me and I'll follow. Well, okay. I'm The curious thing for me, and I love how much you've uh, given attention to it, how in college, how after college and in the 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 jobs that you've had, you've talked about God's leading, and even down to I, I read just last night the the post that you put on your Facebook page when you were leaving Charlotte, and that there was clear mention in there that you were following God's leading. Um, for believers and and seekers alike, what does that sound like to you to hear God's voice to to know down in your knower? that God is speaking to you or he's, he's leading you a certain way. And in this case, it was leading you out of news. I felt like a tug in my heart where God would say, don't go here. And I was like, Oh, I feel this uneasiness, but I obeyed. Yeah. And that being obedient is so important because then you learn his voice and it looks differently. It could be that like feeling in your gut, or it could just be like this sensation of like newness coming. And for me, when I was, when I knew that it was my, that my time was up in Charlotte, it felt like I was no longer welcome and not in a bad way. Mm -hmm. I felt like that wasn't home anymore. You knew your time was up. Yeah. And inside I felt like this isn't home anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I really felt like, you know, I spent intentional time seeking the Lord and the word he gave me was flourish. I really felt like that was my word. And he was like, Steph, you're going to flourish into something better. And it was hard because one of the very last stories I told was about this like 90 year old guy who was driving and someone literally walked up to his car, got in his car and at gunpoint told him where to go and then robbed him at gunpoint, beat him up. It was hor- horrific. It was horrific. I saw that and, story. That You interviewed him and his face was all messed up, right? Yeah. Yep. I remember seeing that. Wow. I, and I remember sitting there and I was as I was talking to that guy, I started crying, like tearing up, you know, because... Obviously, yes, because he was hurting and in pain and it killed me that he was in that state. But in that moment, I was talking to the Lord simultaneously. And I was like, God, like, I'm going to miss this. Hmm. Like, I want to tell stories. And I felt in my heart, like he said, 
this is not the last time. Like you will tell, you will tell stories again. And in that moment, I felt so much comfort. And I was like, okay, like I will trust you, you know? So he, not only did he prepare me by starting that feeling in my heart that it was no longer home, but then along my journey of obedience, God continued to affirm me like, Hey, I've got something better. It's okay. I know this hurts, but there will be something better. And I really felt like I almost started like the grieving process because I had to grieve what was and welcome what will be. Right. Even when you don't know what it is. Even when you don't know what it is. And that's the scariest part because I, I didn't, I wanted to work, you know, I was looking for different jobs and I really wanted to work in ministry, but God was like, this is not the time. And I I was like, okay, well, (laughs) fine, God. (laughs) So I left without anything. I left that job without anything. And that's not like me because I am very type A, need stuff in order before moving forward. (laughs) So that had to be just, now you were engaged, right? Yeah. When when you left. So at least you had that on the horizon. But as far as longer term, you really didn't know, right? No. And I was, you know, Kenny, my, my now husband who I was engaged to at the time had the plans of moving up to, to Charlotte. Like we had plans and that was the plan. So when God was like, no, no, no. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, (laughs) (laughs) but you, I, I know because I know at least chunks of your story that you've, you've seen unbelievable rewards in that obedience since then that you, you've got this marriage and now you've got that beautiful baby girl. I mean, talk about what life has been like since then for you, even in the waiting. Yeah. So it was hard because what I learned was through this process was that I really did root my identity in my job. Oh, yeah. So many of us do. I realized I was totally rooting my identity in my career. And that was really tough. But then God showed me like stuff like there's so much worth in you as an individual and it doesn't mean that it came from your job. Like I gave you that when mm. I designed you in your mm. mother's room. I said at that moment, I said you were worth, worthy, you know. So it was hard, but um, post news life has been so much better in a lot of ways. Um, I eat my meals. I eat my meals on the dinner table, not in a live truck. <laughs> I don't have to use public restrooms anymore. Thank God. <laughs> Um, and most importantly though, like I get to spend valuable time with my family and I missed out on a lot of things. Like one of my biggest regrets, I remember, um, missing one of my really good friends wedding and that was hard and I missed more than one, you know, and I was always like, sorry, I can't make the family reunion because of work, Yep. you know? And, and then at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm so easily replaceable. Like they don't need me. Yeah. But I missed out and I feel like God was so good because um, Kenny and I, my husband, we were able to do so much together and like he works from home right now. So we spend spend so much time together and I felt like we lost so much time apart, but like it's been redeemed, right. I guess. I was just, that's the word I was thinking. God's <laughs> redeeming that for you. And I so know what you're talking about uh, when I was back when I was in sports. My wife, I remember her asking me at one point, do you ever say no? And I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. You're replaceable. And I, I lost track of how many Thanksgivings I missed and then regretted it like midstream. I could remember like calling home at three o'clock and you can hear the reverie. You can hear the family playing games and goofing off and laughing and having a good time. And I'm going, this is the stupidest job I've ever had. Stupid TV and hockey. Oh, yeah. I've had those. Until the check came in, you know. 
Right, right. But it's, I, I think that, again, not to try to attempt some strange expose of what it's like working in media of any time, of any kind, uh, there are definite prices to pay. And I remember what God showed me at point one point was, you know, at some point you're not going to be a camera guy, but you will always be a child of God. You will always be a husband and father. Let's, let's maybe rework the priorities. And I was like, oh, and I'm so glad that, that he was patient enough to get me there, you know, through some trials and troubles to understand that even if it's painful, even if you don't understand obedience in those moments is so much more important. And you may not even realize it fully till a year or so down the road. I'm sure that you've got those moments now where you can look back and go, oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. And even with like leaving news, I remember God saying like, whatever seeds you're sowing into your marriage, like that's what's important. What are you sowing into your marriage? Not your wedding day, but your actual marriage. And that to me mattered so much more than any paycheck, than any job, than any title. And I said, God, wherever you lead me, I will follow. And in this season, it's out of this profession and that's okay. I want my heart to always be hungry after you. He's gracious, but you know, that's the one thing like media has such an influence. And I wish people would see that it is a valuable, a valuable career because there's so much you could do. There's things that you'll see that you will never see in your life. I've seen more in my short time being alive than the average person double my age, probably because of my without a question. Oh yeah. Because you're put in those situations that most people only see in two minute bites on the news where you actually were there on scene living it. And, you know, so even if it's just the aftermath, that, I, I don't know, it just goes back to what I've said before. It's like, I mean, I've, I've been involved in telling, telling stories that will rip your heart out, even in a, a five-minute edit. But it's like, I, I, was, I was in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana back in August, September, whenever, whenever the hurricane hit there, the first one. And you just, there's, you walk away with your jaw slung down of like what, what I saw all day that will boil down to a a handful of quick little videos that are posted and whatnot, but talking to those people who are standing in what's in front of what's left of their home. Oh yeah. I mean, there's still stuff that haunts me. There's things that I've struggled with that I've really had to pray through and ask the Lord to remove that anxiety, remove that stress because there's dark thoughts in my mind sometimes that I, I have to fight because of the things I've seen oh, yeah. or the things I've reported on. There was times I would have like nightmares or I would have like, I guess, flashbacks to certain stories sure. that I saw dead bodies or, yep. you know, we were reporting on, on kids that were dying, you know, just crazy things. So I think those boundaries really helped. And, and that applies to all parts of life. But in that specific job, it totally made a difference. And I know some people didn't like that, like managers, because they expect you to be immersed in your job. But that's not what God expects of us. Um, what do you miss about news? The people. The people you worked with or the people you told stories about or all of it? A little bit of both. I mean, I think there's a few people. There's a few people that I worked with that I was like, this is why I'm leaving news. But then there was those <laughs> <Sure>. people. <laughs> That I really miss that, you know, I prayed with, like, I remember um, Miss Tina Terry, she's a reporter at my old station still, we would pray together before work. 
we would pray and pray for not just for our coworkers and management, but we would pray for the stories we would tell for the people we would meet. But honestly, the people I encountered because those were God appointed. Yeah. Meetings. I really believe that with all my heart. Like that's such a huge perspective to have. Yeah. They were people that God put in my life and sometimes they blessed me in ways they had no idea. But there were times that I knew that the Lord had put me in their life for a reason. Even if it was for a 10 minute interview, I knew that God said, this is my time, his time to shine in their life. Big thanks to Stephanie Smith for giving us some insights into how God is working in her life. She's a busy new mom, and I just appreciate her willingness to share some insights. Two great reminders that stood out for me from this conversation. Um, First, God will put you in places where he can use you. Yeah, Stephanie was a news reporter, but she was given countless opportunities to share hope with people. And I just, I love that God works like that. And the other is that we should never get so caught up in our work that it becomes our identity. You and I were made for so much more. And it's important to keep that in perspective always. If you've got any questions about this or any other episodes of the Nook Podcast, feel free to drop me an email. It's stephen at nookpodcast.com. That's stephen with a V at nookpodcast.com. Hey, and are you a part of our Facebook crew? Well, check it out. It's facebook.com slash meetmeinthenook. It's a great place for encouragement and for connecting with others. Thank you so much for spending some time with me here today in the Nook. The Nook Podcast is a production of Sozo Digital Media.